I'm Rena Striggle. Welcome to the Courage to Breakthrough podcast. Each of us has an exceptional ability to impact the world. We're here to make the world a better place by living life with awareness and fulfilling our unique purpose. It's time to break through obstacles and fear in order to stop wishing something will happen and start making a courageous life a reality. Your journey starts right now. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Courage to Breakthrough podcast. Today, I'm really excited. I not only get to interview an amazing person, but I also get to interview someone that I count as a very dear friend. Today, we're going to be talking to Devin Thomas. She is the broker owner of Signature Real Estate Alaska, and Devin's just had an amazing career in real estate, but she's also had some amazing breakthroughs as an entrepreneur. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Devin and welcome to the Courage to Breakthrough podcast. So Devin, it is great to have you on the podcast today. I've been really excited to talk to you and to be able to just chat more about sort of your entrepreneurial journey, about your business, about the exciting things that you have going on in Alaska. And, you know, I I just kind of want to turn it over to you to sort of introduce yourself to our listeners and kind of let everybody know a little bit about yourself and about your business. Okay. Uh, Well, my name is Devin Thomas and I am the broker owner of Signature Real Estate Alaska, which is a full service real estate brokerage here in Wasilla, Alaska. We're about 45 minutes north of Anchorage and um, we opened our doors in October of 2018. I, I like to tell everybody, um, you know, I've, I've been in real estate uh, pretty much my whole adult life. I started selling real estate in 2002 and have kind of, uh, I started as an unlicensed uh, assistant to uh, one of the top realtors in our area and just kind of worked my way through the ladder <laughs> over the past 17-ish years. So 17-ish years in the business, you've got your, your brokerage that you've opened up in 2018. So talk a little bit about that because that's a big step going from, you know, selling real estate as an agent to becoming the owner of a brokerage and responsible for other agents. So talk a little bit about your decision to do that. Um, so I didn't really, um, that wasn't like the exact evolution of it. When I, so I came, um, the company I came from, I came from a Century 21 franchise where I was the managing broker and there, um, I was actually overseeing six different offices throughout the state of Alaska. So how our our structure works in Alaska is that they have associate brokers in each location and then they have one managing broker that oversees the entire operation. And so I was already doing that. um, And that was actually a really cool experience. that I was a little bit thrown into. I didn't actually just, you know, I didn't really aspire to do that ever, but I I was kind of thrown into it by kind of a goofy little fluke. And um, so I I was already kind of doing what I'm doing now. I just didn't know the business. And so um, what I realized is that, you know, there were some things that were happening that um, I didn't really have any control over because I wasn't the owner. And, um, you know, as the owner, you get that right and privilege to, make decisions. Um, and then I saw an opening in the market to where I wanted to make some changes and do some things. And as you know, somebody that was not the owner of the company and being really limited by such a, um, a big global franchise, I wasn't going to be able to do those things there. So talk a little bit about that, you know, just the decision to make the jump. Cause it's one thing to know that you're, you know, that you're, you're limited in some way and you can't exactly, you don't have the freedom to do everything that you want to do, which is pretty typical for someone who is being employed by someone else. Sure. Talk about your sort of thought process, your journey, you know, how did you decide to kind of come out of the security of, you know, not being an owner and then jumping over into the world of entrepreneurship and being the owner of your own brokerage? So I, I would like to say that it was a, an extremely like <laughs> purposeful and thoughtful and planned um, plan to do that. It really wasn't. That's, that wouldn't be truthful. 
And, and it kind of goes back to um, my decision when I became the managing broker of Century 21. I was actually there working as an agent as well. My passion really in the industry is teaching. It has been for, you know, for a long time. I've always enjoyed that. I Probably even before I sold real estate, I even wanted to be a teacher. You know, at one point in time, I wanted to be a teacher. And then I understood how much they got paid. And I was like, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> um, and so I knew I always wanted to teach in some capacity. When I was a little bitty girl, like I used to sit my dad's bandmates down and teach them school. So I've always loved teaching um, it just, you know, it wasn't going to be in the capacity of like school teacher. When um, I, I started my career at Remax, I worked there for 12 years. And then um, a team leader that I worked with for years and years and years um, is at, what actually opened the Century 21 franchise and she was the owner. Um, and so we had a broker that came over with us um, from our Remax office. And she said that, you know, the broker didn't really want to do any teaching. Um, and so it was a perfect opportunity for me to get to grow in that aspect. Um, and so, and that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't, you know, I had my broker's license, um, but I, I never really had any interest in being a broker. I didn't know much about trust accounts or broker disputes or lawsuits or anything like that. Um, you know, but teaching sounded exciting to me. So I was getting the opportunity to run sales meetings and coach and train um, new agents. And that was really fun. Um, and then one day, the owner called me in and said, um, the broker at the time uh, said that she would like to start her own brokerage. And so they need to, they were, she was really putting them on notice to start thinking about who uh, might be her replacement. And she said, you know, I think Devin would be a good option if she's interested in that. You know, this is probably looking like a six month plan. So maybe I could start doing some training with her if she's interested. So they talked to me about it and I'm like, well, that sounds great. You know, I, I'm really interested in that, but I don't know anything really about being a broker. Like I knew the things that I had used a broker for in the past, which were, you know, when somebody, you know, threatens a lawsuit or somebody, you know, you know, you're, there's some sort of trouble if the broker is getting involved. And, um, I said, that's great. That sounds excellent. This was on a Thursday. Um, it was the Thursday before the week of Thanksgiving. And um, the owners of the company were leaving town on that following Monday to go to Hawaii for a couple weeks for Thanksgiving. And on Sunday, something happened between Thursday and Sunday where they had a, a, a non-meeting of the minds. And... Um, by Sunday, that broker was completely moved out of the office. And on Monday, I was filling out paperwork to become the managing broker of the office. Uh, so instead of a six-month <laughs> training period, I got a four-day notification period with no training involved. <laughs> so um, I guess the, the moral of that story is um, I have a little bit of an impulsive nature. <laughs> and um, sometimes that serves me really well, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, the, you know, the places where it serves me well is, you know, I'm willing to jump in and figure it out. And, and that's what I did. I knew that I was not really on board with the old school franchise model that people are accustomed to in real estate about a year before this happened. And so I was in Las Vegas and I was there for a completely unrelated reason. I was in Las Vegas for a cheerleading competition because my daughters do competitive cheerleading. So we spent a lot of time there. And um, a friend of mine that had owned a real estate franchise, um, he's the, one of the founders of Signature Real Estate, uh, saw me check in at like a casino or something. And, um, and that's Mike Rasmussen. And he was like, oh, you're in Vegas. And I said, yeah, I'm in Vegas. And he said, oh, well, we should, you know, go grab lunch or something. And I was like, well, I actually have a long break. My daughter had performed earlier in the morning and she wasn't performing until the following morning early. So they were just back at the hotel resting. And uh, so we went and met for lunch and he started telling me about all the things he was doing. He was kind of telling me about the financial model and how it worked. And it was very, very um, different than anything we had available in Alaska. I looked at him and said, uh, I think you're full of shit. And sorry if you can't say that on here, but <laughs> that is where my exact words, he's still telling, and I was, and he's like, what do you mean? And I said, I don't, you can't do that. You can't, you cannot do that. That's not possible. It would not work. 
he just kind of looked at me and his like eyes kind of sparkled and he just said, well, you do you want to see it? Uh, I was like, sure. He's like, it's literally just down the road. So he took me down there and um, I was instantly in love with the vibe of it. It was just so laid back and casual. It was laid back and casual, but professional. It kind of had like almost like that Google space feel of like, hey, I want to be here, but we get shit done here. Like that sort of vibe. And um, like I remember I walked in and they had this really super cool pool table with their big signature logo on it. And, um, you know, these really high ceilings and this beautiful fireplace. It's like, okay, I don't know if I want to live here or work here or whatever, but I just knew I loved it. I'm like, why do you not do this in Alaska? Like Alaska is prime for this sort of thing. He said, well, I just don't want to. And he's like, but you could. My mind instantly went to no, I cannot. Um, I cannot do that. And so I went back home. My mom and I worked together. Um, she worked with me at Century 21 for years. And I started talking to her about it. And I kind of thought that she'd be like, ah, that's crazy. So just, you know, you're kind of doing good with what you're doing. So just like keep doing that. Um, but she had not worked with me in um, like a year because she had had a knee replacement surgery. She was taking care of my grandmother and, you know, she was just kind of like semi-retired, but my mom's not old. We started talking about it and she said, you know, I'm not, I'm not really ready to be done working. So I would be interested in doing something if you would be interested in it, which was kind of eliminated my first objection to doing it in the first place, which was, I'm not an admin person. Like, I don't know the first thing about bookkeeping. Um, in fact, I like to get into stuff like that and I really screwed up. <laughs> so I like, like to meddle, but um, not like, I'm not good at it. So that kind of took that objection away. Okay, well, she's interested if I think it's a good idea, but I wasn't really sure. I didn't really have a lot of information. I didn't know any of the players involved. So I was actually getting ready to go to a um, conference um, a couple like months later. And, you know, we had stayed in conversation about how, you know, what my interest in it. And I was kind of like, I was like, I had like a tenth of my toe in the water. I was like, I'm interested. This is probably never going to happen. So I was going to a conference and they just kept calling, you know, asking me, you know, they're like, I think you'd be a great fit for this. Like, if you want to do this, like, I'll tell you how. And so I said, well, I think I need more information. And they said, can you come to Vegas? And I'm like, well, I'm actually going to a conference. If you can get all the players involved to Vegas, I'll stop there for a night on my way back. On my way back. So, because um, I was going to the East Coast. So on my way back through, I stopped in Vegas. Uh, I, I met uh, Spencer Kimball. Um, was there to meet me, and I remember we're sitting in, we're sitting right next to that beautiful pool table, and he says, you know, I want you to know that we are interviewing you just as much as you were interviewing us, and I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, I'm not sure what that means, but I was like, I'm just looking for a reason to say, no, this isn't going to work, so give me one, please. So, we, you know, he started asking me questions, and I don't even really remember what he asked me. I didn't even dress up. Like, I'm kind of embarrassed of how I showed up at that point in time. I just, I, you know, it was hot in Vegas, and I just really wanted to go to the pool. <laughs> and I'm like, this is just not going to work. This is crazy. Um, and he started talking me through things, asking me lots of questions. And, and, like, in the middle of the conversation, he's like, Devin, if you want to do this, I will tell you how to make it happen because you are the right person to do this. And I was like, oh. Tell, so, me, tell me why you didn't think it would work. Because you, you went back to Alaska, didn't think it was worth, your mom has a conversation, well, okay, there's an objection, and now you're still kind of resisting, even though you walked into that space and you loved it, and it was exactly what you had modeled in your mind. What was going on that it, it just, like, you were in your mind just thinking it wouldn't happen? Um, so that very uh, thought is exactly why I went to Shield Maiden. I mean, it really is. Um, I, I don't give myself enough credit sometimes on what I'm capable of. And, and so, you know, you start telling yourself these stories and I'm like, okay, well, you can't do this, Devin. You're a single mom. 
can't do this. You don't have a plan B. Like, you know, uh, think about every other, um, you know, there a lot, most of our brokerages in our area are owned by women. They're also married to millionaires. I'm not, <laughs> you know, in fact, I'm not married to anyone. So, you know, I, I'm like, that's not a good idea. You don't have a backup plan. I'm not, I, I, for one, I'm not a millionaire myself. I, you know, money was like a big, like, how do I make this happen? Like we can come up with some money, but like how much money? I, and I had no idea. Um, you know, I was really good at selling real estate. I was really good at helping other people sell real estate, but I didn't really know a lot about a business. And so, um, I just kind of felt like I'm not there. And I think that thought of like, you're not really there yet. Devin is like, a, it's like a, a voice in my head that I fight every single day. Um, it's like, you're just not there. You might be someday, but you're not right now. So, um, that's really what it was. I mean, it wasn't, it's, it's so crazy because anything I've ever just said, I'm just going to figure it out. It always happened. Like I always really did. <laughs> so I'm not sure why I still have that thought. I'm 40 years old and I, I still have that thought today. And it's something, you know, I fight all the time. So yeah, that's, I mean, that was really it. I mean, you know, you can think of all these other little ways like, oh, I can't, like one of my objections too is I can't leave my current situation. Like one of those people, like the owner of this company is one of my best friends. Like, how do I do that? You know, one of my fears is no one's going to follow you. Like they're going to think you lost your damn mind. You know, you've always been connected for 11 years. I was connected to this one person and people are not going to follow you. Um, if you disconnect from this person, even if it's the best thing and the right thing for you and there's no like ill feelings or whatever, it's not because of a, you know, a major blowout. People are not going to follow you. You know, you're going to lose everything. Like there's a million things, a million reasons. Yeah. I think you just listed four huge reasons that stop a lot of people, right? Like yeah. I'm not ready yet. I, I'm, I need more preparation. Mm -hmm. People won't follow me or they won't believe me or nobody will read what I put out in the world, right? That fear that, that we're like the lone wolf and nobody cares enough about us to sure. want to pay attention to what we're doing. Just loyalty, being really super loyal to someone else or a situation and feeling like you're going to let someone down. And then just the fear that our finances are going to be really messed up if we shift gears and go and pursue something that we really want to go pursue. So, yep. you know, I thank you for sharing that because mm -hmm. I just think there's so many people out there that, you know, turn down opportunities or walk away or wait and wait and wait to do what they're really born and destined to do. And probably one of those four reasons, if not all of them, <laughs> are the thing that's holding them back. So I love that. So now you're sitting there and Spencer is saying, okay, I will tell you how to do this. You are the right woman for the job. So yep. then, then what happened from there? So uh, I brought a friend with me um, to this that was like a very, you know, well-respected um, business person in our area. And it's funny, uh, we walked out of the room with Spencer and he looked at me and he said, if you don't do this, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm a little bit motivated by that. Like, I mean, maybe I'm not motivated for the right reasons. It's funny. It's like the whole concept of like, we are more naturally inclined to move um, away from, or yeah, away from pain than towards pleasure. And I am totally, that is me to a T. So, you know, when he said that, I was like, I have to do this. He's serious. Like he will. <laughs> like, yeah, now it's now, competitive, right? Yeah. I'll be pissed. <laughs> and, um, so I called my mom and I said, this is amazing. Like, it's great. Like, I think it's such a cool model. Like I love the people involved. I, I definitely see that our market needs this because you know, we had like these, um, you know, the big franchise models where they're the split and cap models. Um, everybody's really similar. You know, they have their own sort of training things that they do. Um, and then you have another model that is really like, you don't pay a lot, but you don't get a lot either. And so I'm like, there's gotta be something in the middle. Like there's gotta be something in the middle because I think I can offer really like really relevant and um, helpful training, but I also don't, you know, I don't need, you know, a Super Bowl commercial either. So I don't need to take, you know, 30% of every single check you make 
because we're not, I'm not going to own a NASCAR or have a Super Bowl commercial or have this gigantic staff. And so Signature was like the vehicle. I was like, this could work. This could do exactly what I want. I could put more money in the, the agent's pockets and I could still coach and train. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, just, I was like, I, okay. At that point I was like motivated. I got to figure out how we can do this. So I came back, my mom and I had a discussion. She said, um, let's do it. Um, if they're going to help us and walk us through it. So then, um, even then I still had doubts. Like I, you know, they said, we're going to fly up and we're going to start doing some, um, we're going to go look at commercial property. And so, um, there is that we have this street in our town called main street and it's a cute little street and it's got all these like kind of old style houses, mm -hmm. not that old because Alaska's not that old, but like they were built in the fifties and that's old here. And they have this cute little old house that was, had been painted black by the prior tenant and it was just so cute. And I was like, it was for lease. I was like, this is perfect. It was like 1100 square feet. And I was like, I can't wait to show them this. I had set up an appointment for the day after, like the second day that they were going to be looking at property to see that property. But we were going to go around and look at all these like big commercial spaces that they had picked out. So the very first day they get there and we go down to the little house just to kind of see the outside of it. And I'm like, hey, this is, this is, I mean, we're going to go look at all this other stuff, but this is where it's going to be. And uh, they laughed at me. <laughs> I said, Devin, no, it's not. It's not going to be there. And they're like, you have got to be, stop thinking so small. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, this is fine if you want to go be like a one man show, but then you're not the person for us, you know? And I was just like, I just had it in my mind like this. I'm going to go pay my like $1,100 a month in rent and, you know, it's going to be great, you know, and I'm going to have my two or three great agents. And they're like, no, that's not what the, that's not what we talked about. <laughs> so we came to a space uh, that we're in now and uh, the space was just uh, studs. It was just an empty building. And we met the owner of the building out here. He started asking me questions about like my business plan and how it would work. And he just basically told me, we're going to make it work. However, we have to make it. And he said, I love your business plan. Like, I love your enthusiasm. You know, like, however, this has to work, we're going to make it work. And I was like, okay, I, I'm like out of objections. <laughs> um, I've got to, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't think of any more excuses. So, um, and at that point in time, like, my mom was like fully on board. So, I, I mean, I really couldn't turn the bus around at that point in time. Yeah. So, okay. So, I have to ask the question. So you've got this little cute little black house picked out and the, the guys from Vegas are over here looking at the glitzy new commercial space and yes. yet somehow that builder bought into your business plan even though your business plan was going to fit into the little tiny 1100 square foot black house. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess so. Maybe I, I put on a better show for the, 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 the owner of this building, but, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, I knew that if I was going to do it at all, it wasn't happening in that cute little black house. Um, even though I drive past it all the time, which is a marijuana shop today, which is it's much better suited for a marijuana shop. But I drive past it every single day and I, I like kind of giggle and actually when Mike comes to town, like sometimes we'll go to lunch, we'll drive past it. He's like, oh, there's your signature. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I still envision it. It has like this cute little yard arm out the front of it. And I'm like, I still envision like this cute little like old school real estate sign on it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so tell me just a little bit though, Devin, you know, like you've had, you know, you had all these objections in your mind and each one of them is getting knocked down just kind of systematically as you're going through this process. When you actually decided to pull the trigger and move forward, had you fully overcome all of that in your mind or were you still sort of doubting or at that point then once all the objections were out of the way, did you feel excited and ready to jump forward? Like, tell me, Tell me how you were feeling at the moment where you were actually making the, those final decisions. I, <laughs> I would say that I still have those feelings today. Like I still like have, when I finally was like, holy crap, I don't know how this happened was the day of our grand opening. 
And I mean, honestly, up to that point, I was like, I'm just moving and I'm not tied to an outcome of how this looks. Um, I did have something that uh, my accountant told me that I, I made me feel good about the decision and continuing to move forward, you know, with the amount that I was paying my old brokerage with my sales business, because I still had a pretty active sales business. I still do today. You know, he said, with the amount you're paying them and stuff, he's like, you could pay the rent in this building and sit in it alone. He's like, and you'd be in the same boat. Like, you're not going to be ahead, but you'd be in the same boat. That made me feel good. I was like, okay, well, this might look different, but it's not going to be a whole bunch different. And then the day of our grand opening, I was like, whoa, <laughs> um, we couldn't get, I mean, good thing we didn't have the fire marshal here. Like there were so many people that came to support me, people calling me left and right, saying they wanted to come work with me, um, people that I, I had wanted to work with for years. And it was, it was a really cool experience. And so um, I kind of had an idea about how it would look unfold you know how signature real estate would unfold and it really didn't turn out anything like that um it turned out a hundred times better you know i i think because i do struggle with those like you know like a lot of self-doubt um i'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs do because Absolutely. there's so much risk involved you know it's like you know it's like <laughs> there's like a quote i can't remember it but it's like something like one way to never risk anything is never to do anything. And I, that's just not, I'm not wired that way. And so, you know, I'm like, ah, if it doesn't work, like, I don't know. I remember the, the building owner asking me what my plan B was. And so we have this H&R block, like actually on Main Street, it's just down from that little black house. And uh, a lot of homeless people congregate there and they hold their signs or whatever. And I'm like, uh, a sign at H&R block? <laughs> and he just laughed. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's what, I mean, that, I mean, that's the real answer. Like, I don't have a plan B, like failure is really not an option. Um, it just maybe success just maybe doesn't always look the way you think it looks. Yeah. So now you're a little bit over a year into this journey mm -hmm. and tell me how you're doing today and what's, what's next for Signature Real Estate Alaska and for Devin. So, um, when I signed my franchise agreement with Signature, I had to put down a minimum number of agents that I would have in my first 12 months in order for them to continue my franchise agreement. And I remember I got it. It was a boilerplate form because they, they take this franchise into big markets and it said 50 on there. I'm like, Oh, that that's never good. That's never going to happen. So if I have to sign this, then we're done now. Remember, I'm always looking for objections. I'm always looking for reasons to say no. And he's like, oh, no, 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 This is, you know, this was written for, you know, places like Salt Lake City and, you know, Las Vegas and Phoenix and, you know, Daytona Beach. So let, let me just fix that. So he sends it back to me and it says 15. And I'm like, what happens if I don't hit 15 agents in the first year? And he said, Devin, if you're still working and trying hard, we're not going to shut you down. And I'm like, okay, okay. They're going to be good with me. By January, so we opened on October 18th. Um, and by January 1st, we had 21 agents. So like in a little less than three months. Awesome. And, uh, which is, you know, I mean, you learn a lot of things that maybe you would do differently. Um, you know, if they were nice people, I took them, um, you know, you're brand new, you look, you know, you seem nice and motivated. Yeah, that it sounds great. I'll take you. You know, obviously, you know, at the time, um, you know, it, it, we were just kind of signing up people. If I, if they were nice, they were ethical, they could pay, you know, you're good. And so we, we've definitely changed some of our modeling um, that way you know, we are definitely looking for quality over quantity. Um, and not necessarily meaning like you're the biggest producer, but like, do you do a really good job? Are you like genuinely in it to make this the best possible home buying or home selling experience for your clients? Um, are you serious about this job? You know, do you take it seriously? Or are you just kind of doing this on as a side gig? you know, that, that's really important to me. Do we still have some part-timers or some hobbyists? Yeah, we do. Some of them are, are some of our best people actually, but, um, yeah, we, I mean, 
I think what's next for us is is really growing that that quality um, and not just necessarily by getting new people but like really increasing the knowledge and experience of the people that work here um, just by sharing what I've learned like I try to you know all of my education is is centered around things that actually made a difference um, for me and then um, it's centered around what would make a difference for them so I, I ask them you know what do you feel like where do you feel like your weakness is and then they tell me and I write curriculum based on that or I if I'm really you know I'm not always the right person so like when they say hey we want to talk about you know forming corporate entities I'm like okay well I know I'm out on that one um, or I want to talk about like how to <laughs> save money on my taxes okay I know I'm out on that one but you know I'll bring in our accountant or a tax guy or you know a lawyer or whatever we got to do um, to really deliver them the education they want to that they feel that they need in their business um, so what's next is um, just continuing on that path. It's a little hard to predict uh, today what's next. Um, if you would have asked me three weeks ago, I would say um, next is definitely another office in a different location. Um, there's only so much we're going to be able to expand in our current market. We, so right now, I think we have 43 agents on our roster. Um, there's only about 350 agents in our, in our town. So... I, I don't know if that plan is on pause or that plan's on reconsider or that plan maybe will change completely. Um, I'm just kind of open to whatever. So, but right now um, we're just really working on what we have within our walls. Yeah. What has been the, the biggest surprise or the biggest thing that you've learned since starting your signature office? I think, well, I've learned a lot of lessons because like I said, I, I quickly realized that uh, being great at sales and being great at being a business owner are two very different things. Um, in fact, a lot of people that are great at sales um, really suck at being a business owner. I think one of the biggest surprises or what I've learned is that you can't please everybody. You have to make decisions sometimes that you know are going to be not going to be the most favorable decisions and people are probably going to stick by you anyway if they really truly believe in you and what you're doing mm -hmm. but you don't always have to make decisions in fear of people leaving um if it's the right thing i mean does that i mean that doesn't always apply but um I, when I first started, I was very much into pleasing every single person within those walls. And the bigger you get, the more impossible that becomes. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to, uh, like Coach Nate says, choose and move and uh, let the chips fall where they may and deal with it. Um, and, and like I said, people don't typically leave you anyway. Yeah. So what has been, what was, you know, as you look back and you think about all those objections, what do you think was the biggest fear point? Like there was obviously some things that you just thought were not possible, but mm -hmm. what was your biggest fear? And did you find that that actually came true in the end? Uh, my biggest fear, I mean, which is still my biggest fear. Like I don't have a plan B. This is, this is kind of woven into my DNA. Like it's part of who I am. You know, I, I don't really, I mean, like failure isn't really an option for me. This is all I've ever done. Um, I guess you always have an option to, you know, maybe I could just <laughs> close up the doors and, and start selling real estate at ABC Realty or something. But not having a plan B is very scary. It's also a very advantageous place to be because I just, I don't have the, the, the luxury of giving up. Yeah. Yeah, we hear that a lot now, right? Everybody's got the side hustle, right? right. So we got this thing that we're doing and then we got the side hustle. And yeah. I think the side hustle, yes, it can be great, especially if it's actually producing some revenue, but I think it also can distract from what you're ultimately trying to create because it does take time to have a side hustle or a plan B. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like sometimes the side hustle is like a second income from a spouse or a whatever, yeah. you know, or like I'm, you know, hey, I'm not retired from it. You know, this isn't my second career either. You know, I'm 
problem. Well, maybe not so much anymore. I, I, I maybe like a couple years ago, I would have been the young, youngest broker owner, but I'm definitely not anymore. There's a couple of young, you know, younger people out there doing this. But yeah, I, I mean, this isn't a second career. I don't have a retirement. I'm not married. And, um, you know, plan, like I said, failure is really not an option for me. Yeah. That is probably the fear that haunts me every day. It also motivates me every day. I think one of the things that's really interesting about your story too, is that your mom was kind of the one who kept saying, let's do it. It sounds good. And she was kind of reinforcing those steps forward. And now you're actually working with your mom, which, yeah. you know, that's kind of, you know, unique in and of itself. What has been your, your top tip or, you know, what have you found to be kind of like the success factor in a, being able to work with a mother and kind of keep that, you know, in balance and still maintain a healthy relationship with her as a family member? Sure. It's not always easy. <laughs> it's not always easy. The really good thing about um, my mom and I's relationship is um, it's very blunt and candid. Um, it almost has to be, you know, it's like, um, we have to just like, you know, say what we're saying and move on or say what we're feeling and move on. Uh, the other part is we're very, very different. You know, we have, you know, my mom is not much of a, you know, she doesn't want to be like a big public speaker out in the open or, you know, she's, she's really good at um, maintaining the details, but she also has like a softer side to her that maybe I don't always have. Um, so like, you know, when people are really struggling with something, they always go to her, not me, because sometimes I can be a little bit, um, I can be a little bit uh, harder about some of those things. So it's a really good um, complimentary relationship. Um, but like I said, we don't always agree on everything. Um, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm impulsive and she manages the money. So sometimes I'm like, it's actually good that I just stay out of the money. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm like, tell me if there's a problem or like, sometimes she's like, you know, do you want to know how we're doing? I want to know certain things, but I don't want to know everything because it just convolutes my brain. And then I start finding ways to spend it. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> let's put a projection screen on the wall or whatever. Yeah. Um, he has to kind of be like, what? you know, <laughs> let's like, let's keep it in check. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a good, you know, complimentary relationship. But I think the biggest thing is that we have a pretty blunt, candid relationship, and we did before. Um, and so I'm not sure how it could really work if we didn't. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I think that's, you know, just as a consultant that works with family businesses <laughs> all the time, I think it's really cool that your mom and you decided to actually go into business together and have been very purposeful about that decision. I think sure. it's one of the really cool things about your story. Oh, so thank you. yeah, you're welcome. So tell me just a little bit too about, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they're in highly competitive environments, right? Real estate is very competitive. There's lots of people out there doing it or saying that they're doing it. It might be kind of hard sometimes to create that differentiator to where people really know that you're different. Mm -hmm. So what has been, you know, some of the, the things that you have felt have been really important in trying to create signature as something that's very different than anything else that Alaska has seen so far? So one of my big missions in creating signature was that, um, you know, the real estate industry has changed a lot since I've been in it. And one of the really popular models right now is, is teams. Um, and in fact, I worked um, a, a majority of my career on real estate teams and teams um, definitely serve a purpose in our market. You know, they, they give you that camaraderie, they give you that support. They, they cover a lot of your fees that are, are really hard to swallow, especially when you're getting started. But what I found is that it's really hard to leave teams and it's hard to leave teams because of fear. And mm -hmm. so what I wanted for Signature was to create this environment where you felt supported just like you were on that team. Like you had somebody that you could come to for kind of everything, like even to the, the, the point of, you know, how should I respond to this text? I'm not really sure what this client is meaning by this or, um, you know, and really get that support 
but you didn't necessarily have to commit this like lifelong endeavor to this team and this certain branding and you know you're part of this entity and it's hard to ever break away from that and so that has been a huge part of how we are different um, than either of our competitors whether it be you know the the traditional split and cap brokerage model style or that you know very low fee low services low support model you know, we have the, the support and the services and the trainings. Um, and then we have, but we have a very similar fee structure uh, to those lower fee um, companies. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about how you continue to kind of support and develop yourself. Because obviously, you know, being a woman who is bringing kind of a new model to the marketplace, you've now got you know, a lot of people who are looking to you for leadership and have bought into this, you know, the idea of signature. So talk a little bit about how you keep yourself from feeling isolated and you can continue to kind of grow and continue to push forward and stay really relevant in the marketplace. Staying relevant in Alaska is tough in itself. It really is because we're so isolated from the rest of, uh, I, love, I love when people call it America. Um, you know, we are definitely like out of, you know, that. I mean, some people are like, is that a state? Is that one of the 50 states or whatever? I mean, people ask us weird questions all the time and I'm like, yes, we're a state. We were a state before Hawaii was a state. So that's a challenge and I could not, I, we would not be in business. We would have been out of business in like six months because one of two things, I wouldn't have been able to stay relevant or I um, would have been in a nut house <laughs> without coaching and support. There's no way that I could have done this. Um, so um, I'm plugged in really heavily to two programs. Um, one is like, you know, the Shield Maiden program, Circle of Champions, um, with Tamanali and Nate Bailey and all those guys. Um, I'm very plugged into that system. You know, without that, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of where I started to see my business really level up um, because, you know, Coach Nate's pretty scary when he tells you to stop playing small and stop being so casual. And so I really, I, I mean, I still remember those moments like they were yesterday. Um, and I'm also very plugged into a coaching company called um, Hero Nation, um, who's ran by Wayne Salmons. And um, Wayne is an incredible guy because for a lot of reasons. One is he started his real estate career in Wasilla, where we are. Um, now he runs a really successful uh, coaching company where he's expanding even outside the real estate industry that is based out of uh, Dallas, Texas. And um, it's cool because Nate and Wayne are friends. Um, so that's pretty neat. And, you know, Hero Nation really is more of a real estate specific. Like I get more tactical training from Hero Nation, whereas um, I feel like the Circle of Champions and Shield Ming really is like, a, for me, like a mindset thing and like a growth thing. Because I'm, I'm a firm believer in, you know, my business will only grow to the extent that I do. And so, I mean, if I stop learning, growing, expanding, um, so will Signature. And so, I, I mean, I've stayed committed to the, you know, those two things um, and what they provide. And it's honestly the only reason I'm not in the house. <laughs> you know, I think that that's really interesting, though, that you've kind of identified different areas where you know you want help and support. You know, one is on a very tactical, how do I do my business better? And then you've also chosen another path about how do I just continue as a leader to expand, keep my mindset healthy, you know, and I think for a lot of people, they're like, well, yeah, I know, but I don't know what I'd get out of coaching or like who would coach me or I'm not coachable. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of <laughs> entrepreneurs say, oh, well, I'm just not coachable. So I think it's really cool that you have identified, I've got all these different facets of things I am trying to manage and get better at. And maybe one person doesn't have the breadth or the experience or the, the ability to coach me in all areas. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we have to look at it and like, you know, we, I always like look for like parallels in life. Um, and it's like, you know, I love uh, NBA 
And so, you know, you know, those basketball players have different coaches for shooting, for strength, for endurance or whatever. And I look at it, I don't think it's any different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, we, if you really want to like kick ass in all areas, you have to be willing to go get the help in those areas. And, and, you know, like Shield Maiden and Circle Champions has been amazing for me, but the reality is those people aren't realtors. You know, they haven't ran real estate brokerages and real estate's a weird industry. So um, it's, it is, it's a very weird industry. People that have not been in that industry sometimes I think struggle with giving really practical advice in those arenas that just, you know, it's like, I don't want to be a naysayer because I'm pretty open to anything. And I, I definitely still get, I get, I've gotten a lot of ideas from them, like on recruiting and how to deal with, you know, personnel and things like that. Um, but when it comes down to like, hey, like you need to do this or you need to use this script or whatever um, to go teach my people, it's pretty hard if people haven't actually been in our industry, haven't knocked the door to say, hey, have you thought about selling your house or haven't sat at a kitchen table to tell somebody their house is worth $100,000 less than the Zestimate. Um, you know, if they don't know what that feels like, it's pretty hard to coach it. Yeah. So as you look at this next phase, right, you're, you know, you're thinking about expanding, you know, expanding your space, expanding your capacity. What do you feel like will be the, the next important thing for you in terms of continuing to level up yourself and your leadership to be able to support more? What do you think is uh, next for you? So here's what's next for me. And um, I'll, I'll kind of take you back to a night that you were with me and then bring it around full circle. So um, the very first night of S.H.I.E.L.D. made I learned something very important about myself. And it's funny because I talked to Nate about this and it's funny what you, how you, like the lessons you take in are maybe not the lessons that were necessarily intended. Yeah. But I remember that night very clearly, you know, where what I thought S.H.I.E.L.D. Maiden was, was, a, was, substantially different than what it actually was. And I feel like I came in and I knew quite a bit about what was going to happen because I knew people that had went before me and I watched videos and I talked about it and I knew Spencer already. So um, I thought it was going to be like, I thought it was going to have a much larger physicality piece than it actually did. Now that's not to downplay the physicality side of it, but um I was like prepared and I was like ready and I am not the most fit person on the planet, but, um, I am very competitive. So, you know, night one, it's pitch black. We're there. I don't know any of you people. And, you know, I remember coach Nate saying to me, um, or saying to us, you know, here's the instructions. When I say go, you guys are going to run down to the beach, you know, run down to the beach. You're going to dunk yourself in water. Um, you're going to come up and you're going to roll around in the sand, cover yourself completely in the sand. And so I remember my heart's like pounding, I'm freaking out. And he says, go. And I just take off as fast as I can. I am not a fast runner. Like I remember like Lacey Colson, like bolting past me, but I mean, like, I'm going to try like hell. Cause like I said, I am competitive. And then I came back and I rolled around in sand or whatever, and like as fast as I could. And like, maybe I was like the third or fourth person to finish. And he was like, did you not listen to what I said? And I'm like, what are you freaking talking about? Like, I did pretty good. Like, <laughs> like these girls are like probably 50 pounds less than me. And I, you know, I got here. Like, what is your problem? And, he, and he's like, you're not covered in sand. You just took off. He's like, I said to run down to the beach as a team and, you know, all this stuff. But what I learned uh, is that I am not the leader I thought I was. And, and, I, and I don't say that to like, like I was talking to Spencer about this one day. I'm like, I don't say that to really um, knock myself or downgrade myself, but that was like kind of an aha moment that you can only go so far on your own. I mean, there's only so far. You, I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are or how naturally talented you are or how skilled you are at something. There is only so far you will ever go. And so I, that was an eye opener to me. Like, it doesn't matter if Devin Thomas is like the most badass broker trainer, whatever that like, none of that matters if that's really even the truth at all. 
it, what matters is like what happens to the people that trust their careers to me. So before I went to Vegas last time, I asked one of the agents that I really, really love and trust. And I said, you know, like, what more can we be doing here for you? She said, I would like to see some growth opportunities. And I, I was like, my first instinct was like, that's not really how we're set up. Like, what do you think I'm going to pay somebody another salary? Like, we're already giving you 100% of your commission. And this idea was presented to me to start a real estate school with a mentorship program on the back end. And so there's two things that, can, that are really cool that can happen with this. One is uh, people that have a desire to teach like I did, I'm going to be providing them a vehicle to do that because I can't teach everything. And, not, and I don't even want to teach everything. And then on the back side of that, you know, it's going to provide people with good people coming out of the real estate school. They're going to have the first pick of those, you know, people coming out of the real estate school to maybe mentor for a year. Um, it's going to be able to provide an additional source of income to them and the opportunity for growth and leadership. So that is really the next step for us. And I'm super excited about that. Our, uh, Real estate school manual is in the final draft, and um, I'm hoping to launch it by June 1st. Wow, congratulations. That's amazing. That's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> and so I'm uh, sorry I had to have the long version of that, but um, no, really, that's, that's, okay. part of, that's part of where it came from is that like when people ask me, like, what is the biggest thing you took out of Shield Maintenance? Like, I learned multiple things about myself that I, and I understand now why they do the physical part of it is because without that experience, I don't know that I would have been able to extract that out of myself. You know, being good at something and being good at being a leader of something are very, very different. That was kind of a slap in the face to me. And uh, it was, a, it was a slap in the face that I think I needed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a, uh... you know, I think that that's always a really interesting part of growth, right? Is having to come to terms with the way that we see ourselves and then maybe getting put to the test and realize, Oh, I maybe have some work in this area yeah. of this thing that I thought that I was. Mm -hmm. And I, I see that a lot with entrepreneurs, you know, they can be the best at doing whatever the thing is. And then as soon as their capacity is maxed out and they have to lean on others or open up to others or expand beyond themselves, they just simply can't do it. And they shrink back down to size. So I think it's really a cool lesson that you had, you know, in order to be able to take now this company to the next level and be able to offer more and support more without really tapping into more of you. Now you're developing something to empower a lot of other people to be able to bring their gifts and talents in and continue to support and make a very thriving. And it sounds to me like a very unique opportunity for real estate agents in the marketplace. Yeah, I, I mean, I got into real estate when I was 21 years old and I got in with, uh, you, know, a, you know, a top agent where I was his assistant. You know, I didn't go to like, I didn't set out to be a real estate agent ever. Um, you know, I just needed a job. It, without that sort of hands-on mentorship, I would have never been successful. There, there is zero chance I have zero confidence that I would have ever had any chance in hell that it would have worked out for me. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Like the numbers are staggering. They say, you know, 10 people, uh, you know, will go to real estate school and pass the test a year from them. Then, um, only five of them will still pay their dues. So they say like, you know, they collect our realtor dues every year. Uh, only half of the people that pay their realtor dues ever pay a second time. Wow. Which is crazy. It's crazy. And so, um, and then they say, fast forward five years from now, you still got your class of 10. Only two will still be in the business. So it's like, you know, 20% are going to make it. Wow. Wow. So my, my final question for you is this. So you, you are a self proclaimed no girl, right? Where you're just going to be like, nope, nope, nope. Can't do it. You're a no girl. So there are a lot of people, I think, that are sitting there on the cusp of something, right? So they've got an opportunity to stretch and expand, to leap into something new, to take a new idea into the marketplace. What would be your advice to people who are stuck? Because they've got a lot of no's or a lot of 
insecurity or doubt or un uncertainty about it, what would your advice be to them? It would be this, and we talked about this before, like, you know, we have that natural human inclination to move away from pain and go towards pleasure. So um, I think that can be used in a lot of situations to your advantage if you know that about yourself and you really have that awareness. So here is probably something that motivated me. I mean, you think about to that moment where, you know, he said, my friend said, if you don't do this, I will. So you need to think about like, if there's something that you as like a burning desire in your heart, um, you need to really think and consider what if you don't like, you know, we always think about like in the context of what if we do, well, this bad thing could happen or this bad thing could happen or I can't do this or I can't do that. But like you really, for me, reframing it to what if you don't is much more effective um, than what if I do, because you don't really know the reality is like, I, I think sometimes, um, especially people that are entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs, they think that people were like, you know, all of a sudden they were born with a trust fund um, and like teleported to success on the stage. You know, like that's what we think. Like I know I still tell myself that story sometimes when I see somebody, I'm like, Ooh, like, you know, I, I have this obsession right now with Molly Blue. And like, you know, it's like, I've even seen her movie. I've read her book. Like, I know what she's been through, but you just like, you see that person and you're like, that's again, I'm not there. I'm not, you know, you can be there if you really, really work hard, but you're not there. So just kind of hold yourself back to your place. And it's like, again, like we just have to reframe to like, what if I don't do this? How is it going to feel to me to watch somebody else do this? Because in my head, I, at the point I was convinced that somebody else was going to, I didn't know if it was going to be signature, but it was going to be something like signature. How is that going to feel, Devin, when you watch somebody else do it? That was like, done. I'm on it. And, and you know, if, if that answer is, oh, I'm going to be okay with it. Okay, well, then maybe it's not your thing. But if you're like, I can not bear to watch somebody else do this, um, and this is like a burning desire in my heart, that's the time to move. Like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing advice. That's a great shift of perspective. Mm -hmm. Even I have not, I'd not ever thought about that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I think I'm going to start using that with the people. Do you care if I steal it? <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't think it's, there's, it's not my own original idea. I don't think it's just how my brain works. But I think a lot of our brains work that way. Yeah. You know, no, I, I mean, love that. You know, nobody ever, you know, most entrepreneurs, I mean, I, gosh, I wish I could feel like this, like, you know, what if I start Signature and I'm the greatest thing ever and there's the, this is the greatest thing ever and nothing ever goes wrong. Nobody ever thinks like that. I, I mean, they just don't. But all I knew is that I wanted to do something different. I wanted to create something that was truly mine that had like the stamp of me on it. The, the second I thought about somebody else could do this and it's going to make me nuts, it was game over. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, if people want to connect with you, follow you, how do they do that? How do, how do people okay. follow Devin? So um, I, you can follow me on Instagram if you would like. Um, so my Instagram handle is really easy. Um, it's Devin's world or Devin's dot world or at Devin's dot world. Um, and Devin is spelled D-E-V-O-N. I am on Facebook, Devin Thomas. Um, you can check out my website, which is devinsellsalaska.com, or you can always reach out to me. I mean, I text all day, every day with all kinds of people across the United States. My number is 907-354-2685. Um, but yeah, social media is usually the best way. We're, I'm definitely a social media girl. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that all of those get into the show notes so okay. that people can just click and link and have all of that so that they can start connecting with you and, and start following what you're doing in Alaska. I think it's really exciting and it's going to be fun to see what the next year brings for you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. It's really cool. I remember you, you know, you talking about uh, having a podcast while we were at Shield Maiden together. Uh, you were definitely like the, for me, the figurehead of our Shield Maiden class. And so it's an honor. Too. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet of you to say that. But I'm just excited that we finally got a chance to catch up yes. and get this recorded because busy people sometimes have a hard time sitting down. So I'm yeah. really super excited that we could carve out some time. 
And so for all the listeners out there, again, we'll put everything in the show notes so you can follow Devin. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Rena. This is Rena Striggle, and you have been listening to the Courage to Breakthrough podcast. Please visit my website at renastriggle.com and find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another inspirational episode where you will hear how real life people just like you have discovered the courage to break through.